All right, this afternoon I was planning on doing a scripture reading of 1 Peter since I just got done studying the book um, last week, but uh, my voice is just not going to hold up to it, So, and I want to be able to like speak this week. So we're going to answer the question that was asked. I don't know when it was asked. I noticed it today. It was in the question and answer box, and since today is the first Sunday of April, it is time for us to do a Q&A. We just didn't have any questions, but we do, and my voice hurts. Not my voice. Your voice cannot hurt. Your throat can hurt. Your voice is audible. And it, anyways, uh, my throat hurts, and so we're going to answer the question. So turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, verse number 1. Romans 1, verse 1. And we'll do the uh, scripture reading of First Peter later on um, in the month. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. So the question is this, Paul was converted on the road to Damascus, but Romans 1 indicates that he was chosen by God from the womb. Can you discuss this? Uh, there's a couple things that we need to clarify, and this is not to, uh, this is not to belittle or, or anything like that, it's just to clarify the question. Um, Paul was, was convicted on the road to Damascus, but he was converted when in Acts uh, chapter 9, Ananias gets there and tells him, what are you waiting for? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Uh, so he was converted to Christianity um, when he was baptized. But he was convicted. He had the conversation with Jesus Christ. Um, I, wish, I, wish that, uh, I wish that I could ask Paul, maybe I will one day, about what it was like to have a conversation with Christ after you knew he had died. Uh, but he has a conversation with, with Christ, and then three days later, he's in Damascus, and he has been praying for three days, and he is baptized and becomes a Christian. And then in Romans chapter 1, verse 1, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets and the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who, was, who has descended from David, according to the flesh, and was declared to be the Son of God, in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. So, Romans 1 says that Paul was called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. And the questioner asked that it indicates, says that the indi it indicates that, he was that this happened when he was born or when he was in the womb. That's actually from Galatians chapter 1, verse 15. It says this, but when he who had set me apart before I was born and called me by his grace. So Romans 1 says that he was set apart for the gospel of God. Galatians 1 says that that setting apart, that sanctification, a sanctification just means that you are being set apart for something. As a Christian, you are sanctified because you are different. You've been called to a different purpose, okay? So this happened before he was born in the womb. Now the problem is, Paul did not become an apostle of Jesus Christ until he was about 22 to 23 years old. In Acts chapter 9, you have a man who is about 20 to 21 years old. He is converted. He spends two to three years in Arabia, in the desert, and he comes back and he is introduced to the church by Barnabas at the age of about 23. So, 
why is there this time discrepancy from the time when he was born? And Galatians and, and Romans say that, that, that he was set apart to be an apostle before he was born. So, here's the best answer that I can give. Now, of course, this is understanding that, well, we'll get into that in just a minute. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. Ephesians 1 and verse 4. So all Christians are chosen before the foundation of the world. This, this idea that, that Paul was changed, that, not changed, that he was chosen before he was born is also reiterated in the fact that he was chosen before the foundation of the world, because he's a Christian. And all of us who are Christians have been chosen before the foundation of the world. And you can get into deep theological discussions of whether or not that is an individual choosing or if that is a choosing of the way of salvation. It is a choosing of the way of salvation. That being said, we were chosen. Each of us that have obeyed the gospel, that have become Christians, were chosen because he established a way that we could be his people. And he put that way together before he ever created us, before he ever created the world, or before the fall, he knew what was going to happen. All right, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So Paul was was chosen, was set apart, was sanctified before the creation of the world, as all Christians were. Jeremiah is said to have been chosen as a prophet before he was born. David, Psalm chapter 71, verse 6, Upon you I have leaned before my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb. So this is not a new thing. It's not just isolated to Paul. This is something that all Christians experience. Now, Paul was chosen to be an apostle, which is different, right? Not all of us are apostles. An apostle is a person who has seen Christ, who has learned from Christ, and who was was given the name, given the title of an apostle in the early church. There are no apostles living on earth today. However, There are still apostles. Hear me out. There are no apostles living on earth today. But the book of Revelation says that the 12 apostles that you read about in the New Testament are still apostles. They will always be apostles. That is not a title that was given to them just for their lifetime. It's a title that was given to them for all of eternity. The book of Revelation says that apostles are sitting on the thrones, 12 thrones, judging the world, judging the church. They're leading the church still because when we have a question of authority, when we have a question of doctrine, when we have a question of opinions, who do we look to for the answer? The Bible. Who wrote the majority of the New Testament? Apostles. Not all of the New Testament writers were apostles, but even the people who weren't apostles were writing what the apostles were doing, right? So for instance, the book of Mark, John Mark, who wrote the book of Mark, is not an apostle. However, there's a very good chance that the book of John Mark 
did not originate from the inspiration, the mind, sorry, the mind of John Mark. It was inspired by Peter. Peter told John Mark, here's what to write. And so Peter had just as much work in the book of John Mark, or book of Mark, gospel of Mark, as Mark did. And the Holy Spirit is telling them what to say. When Luke records the book of Acts, or his gospel account, he's recording the Acts of the Apostles, right. So the apostles are still living on earth today. And Paul said that he was chosen before his birth to have that title for all of eternity of an apostle. Now, there are some things we need to realize when we do this. Just like Jeremiah is chosen before his birth to be a prophet, Paul is chosen before his birth to be an apostle. There are some things that that will give you a little insight into what that means, okay? First off, it is that God is not bound by time. We've all heard the verse, 2 Peter 3, 8, that a day to the Lord is like a thousand years, right? God is not bound by time. The best way I've heard it explained is this. We look at a timeline. I mean, your Bibles may even have a timeline of the Old Testament history in them. We look at a timeline from beginning to end, and we're somewhere in there. God doesn't look at a time. He does, he's not in the timeline. He's looking at it all in one big picture. So the things that have happened and the things that will happen are all on his timeline. He can see all of them at the same time. He's not in. How do we count time? Our minutes are counted because there are 60, 60 minutes in an hour. And there are 24 hours, 24 in a little bit, hours in a day, Right? Because a day takes, our time is relative to how long the earth takes to spin around, how long the earth takes to go around the sun, how long the moon takes to go around the earth, and so forth. God is not bound by that. And so 2 Peter 3.8 says that a day to him is like a thousand years. So one, when, when the apostles or the Bible writers say that, that they were chosen before they were born, or that Christians were chosen before the foundation of the earth. Understand that God is not relating to time in the same way we are. Okay? He's looking at it all in one big picture. So God knows that there's going to be a man named Paul, and God knows that he is going to have the abilities, and he is going to be chosen to be an apostle before anything ever existed. Okay? Second, second, is that God controls all things. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 6. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the roar of many waters and like the sound of, a mighty, of mighty pearls of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. The word Almighty means all-powerful. So, God cannot make you do anything. He can't. He can't, he can't tell Forrest, Forrest, you are going to go home and mow your grass this afternoon. By the way, i got to go home and mow my grass this afternoon. All right. Don't drive down my road. Okay. Anyways, Gary checks yards and stuff, so <laughs> every once in a while I tell him not to drive me down my road. Anyways, um, God can't make us do something. God can't make us obey the gospel. But because of his providence, he can give us a way 
that allows us to obey the gospel, that makes us obey the gospel. And he knows it's going to happen before it ever happens. I told you the story about Dalton this morning. If I didn't pick up my friend's, my next door neighbor's trumpet when I was 10 years old and get infatuated with it, and I didn't talk my mom into buying one, and I didn't go to high school and march for four years, and then go to college and march another two years, and I didn't choose to decide to be a, a music major in college, I wouldn't have met Dalton and I wouldn't have obeyed the gospel. You see, that's providence. Providence is pretty easily seen in retrospect. It is not seen while you are in it. So, God is all-powerful. The setting of Paul becoming an apostle, his being sent to Jerusalem at an early age, probably around the age of four or five, and just so happening to be at the feet of a man named Gamaliel, a man who later on would say, there's no way you're going to stop Christianity if it's from God. His growing in Gamaliel's teaching to the point where when we find him in the book of Acts, he is somewhere around early 20s, very early 20s, 21, 20, somewhere under there. He is working for the Sanhedrin as a gopher. Then, when Christianity starts coming up, the Sanhedrin tell him to go and to arrest Christians. And he's on his way. So you see the providence that is in that? There's no question that God worked providence to make Paul an apostle. He did not make him, he did not without choice make Paul become an apostle, but he set it out in front of him. He set it on a plate in front of him and, and, and decided here's what's going to happen. The only interaction, the only actual physical, if you want to call it this, interaction between God and Paul up until that point that we know of is when Jesus says something to him on the road to Damascus. So God is all-powerful. His providence can make it happen because he lays it out in front of us and he knows what we're going to choose. So he is, he is not bound by time. His providence is, is a very real thing in this. And number three, he knows all things. Psalm chapter 147, verse 4 and 5 says that, that his understanding is beyond measure, verse 5. So it's those three things, that he's not bound by time, that he's all-powerful, and that he knows what's going to happen that allows the Holy Spirit to inspire Paul to write, I was chosen to be an apostle before I was ever born. Because to God, it is as if Paul was chosen to be an apostle before he was ever born. God knew what was going to happen. God knew how he was going to make it happen or get it to happen. God understood what the the parameters needed to be for Paul to grow up and to become an apostle. And that's the, same with, that's the same with Jeremiah. It's the same that happens in Ephesians chapter 1 when uh, Paul says that Christians were chosen before the foundation of the world. And so, you know, I, I kind of squirm when someone says that God has a plan for their life. Usually that means they don't like their job and they want to quit it. And so they're trying to come up with an excuse. Well, you know, God has a plan for my life. And God's plan for my life is to be a bum and to go around Europe for a year backpacking. You know, that's, how does that happen to be everyone, God's plan for every person who's my age's life? God's plan for my life is I go backpacking around Europe for a year. Okay. I squirm when someone says that. But God knows who's going to become Christians. 
And God does have a plan for our lives. That plan is to obey him, to become Christians, to live faithfully to him. All right, I'm going to leave you with this. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 and 21. Now may the Lord, may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of eternal covenant, equip you in everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. How does God do that? How does God equip us for everything that is good and work in us the same way he worked in Paul? Through his providence, through his understanding that things are going to happen the way he wants them to happen because he's going to work in the background and make it happen. He can't make us do anything, but he can lay it out in front of us and he knows what we're going to choose. So that's the best answer I can give to that. Uh, and I know it's, it's longer than most questions that we answer. Usually we do three or four of these. But, um, but I wanted to take a time and just go through it kind of in depth since we aren't doing our scripture reading this afternoon. So if you need to become a Christian this morning, this afternoon, um, God has laid it in front of you. You understand it. You believe it. You're willing to change your life and confess Jesus Christ and be baptized for the remission of your sins, then... Now's the time to do so. We're going to stand and sing. And if you need to repent of any sins or you need prayers of encouragement or something like that, then let us know while we do that as well.